This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. Recently, we've had a lot of conversations around what it looks like to set goals with the people that matter most to you. This is because no one succeeds alone. Think about it. You cast a vision for your life. There are certainly things in your life that you want to accomplish. Is it really possible for you to achieve them without the support of your significant other, without the support of a business partner or your boss or your team, your friends? Yet how many of us follow a proven process to set our goals with the people who have a stake in our success? The answer is very few. This is something that we hope to change. Over a decade ago, Jay Papazan, who co-authored The One Thing with Gary Keller and his wife, Wendy Papazan, escaped their normal environment. They hired a babysitter for their kids and they got a hotel room. And they had one purpose, to really cast a vision for what they wanted their life to look like together so they would be on the same page. This was not about having the same goals. It was about opening a dialogue about what they wanted life to look like and gaining insight into what each other wanted so they could support one another. In this episode, you are going to hear the audio from a live webinar we did with Jay and Wendy. Every month, we host a live webinar free of charge called the One Thing Webinar Series. And this month, we sat down with Jay and Wendy and asked them about what their journey to creating their couple's goal-setting retreat looked like. And very specifically talked about how you can prepare for your goal-setting retreat, what expectations you can set, how to handle it if your significant other is not a goal-setter, what it looks like if your goals are not the same, what specific things they talk about during their retreat, and how they go about keeping their goals in front of them throughout the year. You'll also hear us talk about the things that they have accomplished that flat out have blown their mind, the things they never thought really would be possible. That not only were they possible, they happened in a matter of a few short years. Because when you get on the same page and you follow a process, it's amazing what can be possible for you in your life. As you go through this episode, if you find yourself saying, I want to do this, you have three options. We will reference a guide. It's called the Kick-Ass Guide to Your Couple's Goal-Setting Retreat. You can get that by visiting theonething.com. That's with the number one in the URL. Click on the free stuff tab and you'll see the guide there. You can download it. It shows you how to prepare, all the questions you can ask, and has an agenda for a one-day or a two-day retreat. Then if you want to have this facilitated for you, you can either join us in Austin for the One Thing Couples Goal Setting Retreat we have coming up, or you can access the online course if you are unavailable to come to Austin, yet you still want us there as a virtual coach to guide you. Both of those can be accessed at the onething.com slash training. We invite you to check out whichever you think would be a best fit for you. With that, let's get into this conversation with Jay and Wendy Papazan. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like Breakfast on the Go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Hey everyone, Jeff Woods here. Welcome to our monthly One Thing webinar series. We're really excited to kick this month off uh, in our series with Jane Wendy Papazian. I'm so excited. I finally made it on the webinar. You, you, you did it. <laughs> you haven't had me back in a long time. Yeah. So I'm excited to be back. Yeah. 
I'm holding all commentary there. (laughs) (laughs) So the the purpose of this is how do you have a goal-setting retreat with the people that matter most to you, which let's just dive right in. Where did this idea of doing a retreat as a couple come from? Well, you get credit. You came to me and said you'd been thinking that we need to get on the same page. And you even went on the internet and found a whole bunch of really awkward questions that we were going to ask each other. (laughs) Yeah, so our kids were pretty little. And I think our son was maybe two and our daughter was maybe one. Yeah. And I think it was a great excuse for us to just take some time away from our children. Yeah, I'd been uh, just not working for a couple years and, you know, just was kind of ready to get back into the swing of things. And so I thought it'd be a good way to like kickstart that. I just remember you came and said, I want to make sure that we're on the same page. It was really stressful. We had two kids like 16 months apart. Mm-hmm. So you got two kids in diapers. So the home job was really tough. Yeah. Plus you were working on the your book, right? Millionaire. We had a millionaire yeah. real estate investor yeah. and we were starting our investing. So there was we had a lot of balls in the air. We had two rugrats that were creating enough stress that we kind of... It made sense to me, even though I kind of felt like it was one of those, we need to talk when you get home conversations, <laughs> but it was, we need to but talk really when we leave the house yeah. and go somewhere else. Yeah. So I kind of was dreading yeah. it, but it, yeah. after the initial like 15, 20 minutes, like it was great. It was our first night. We debate about this. It was the first mm-hmm. time we'd spent the night away from our kids because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wendy had the wisdom. It's like, I want to get out of this environment because yeah. it's easier when you have small kids because you know, yeah, so we got as a soon as you get focused, the they'd be doing something. Yeah, we got a little cabin like south of, south of Austin, and we were going to spend a couple nights, and it was going to be like a sort of a romantic goal setting retreat. You got it. Yeah. For for people who aren't quite familiar with what this means, what does it mean to do a goal setting retreat over a weekend? It's definitely evolved. In the beginning, it was an excuse for us to kind of it started with our financial goals. Mm-hmm. We had uh, because we had worked on the millionaire real estate investor. We had decided that we wanted to be millionaires, and that meant we were going to start investing in real estate. And that put us both a little out of our comfort zone. I think both of us wanted it, but we weren't sure it was possible. But we knew we had to track it and talk about it because that meant we had to save money, spend differently. So that was kind of the genesis of the goals part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I think at the same time, too, when you have children, you start to think about your life differently. I mm-hmm. know it was like, okay, well, where, you know— what kind of schools do we want to send our kids to? Do we need to start thinking about Church. saving for college? Yeah. All that stuff. We had to like get our will together. Yes. That was something you don't think yeah. about until you yeah, have kids. Yeah, we were starting to adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big time. Do we still want rock posters on the walls? <laughs> Concert posters. Yeah. So, yeah, it was like a little bit of growing up and knowing that our world was starting to get a little out of control. Mm. And it, just kind of acknowledging that. Yeah. Mm. I was feeling it. You fast forward to today, this weekend, you guys are going on your goal-setting retreat. Yeah. How many will this have been? A, a dozen? dozen. Yeah, yeah, a dozen. Oh, yes, we're on the same 2006 day. is, like, yeah. I remember, because Veronica had been, like, about a year old. Mm-hmm. I don't think we did it when she was an infant. Yeah. So, it would have been when she was about a year old, and that was the first time we'd spent the night away mm-hmm. from them. That all makes sense to me. So, yeah. I think it's about 2006. 2006, yes. Yeah, and for sure, I know that we have 10 years of documents saved where we were... You know, it took us a couple of years to find our rhythm, but we started bringing more to the process. You know, what we did last year, we'd start there and then we'd add something. Yeah. And it kind of built up its own momentum mm-hmm. and became kind of a process. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like flash forward 12 years and here we are. We have three businesses that we run, right? At least. At least. At yeah. least. Plus the rental properties. Yep. Right. Which we didn't have any then. Our goal is to start at least three, maybe four or five businesses this year. And so, yeah, what started as something really simple and basic is now is really complex where we have to do a lot of pre-work. Yep. And we have to do a lot of like creating our business plans ahead of time. And we have like this whole PowerPoint that we've created around it. And yeah, it's very complicated now. Well, it's like the dominoes in the book, right? We started with a small domino because we didn't really know what we were doing. And it was a lot, probably a lot like most people talk about setting resolutions. Mm-hmm. I want to lose weight this year. And let's save some money. Let's do better on our budget. You know, it's the normal stuff. But because our goals kept getting bigger, we kept adding to it. And it is a little bit more of a process Mm -hmm. now. But that happened very organically. organically. I want to dive into that. So time travel back. You're sitting at your first or your second retreat. Yeah. Think about the goals that you were setting that you're going, wow, I really, I'd love to be able to achieve that. And frankly, you're like, I can't see a way that that's even possible. You now fast forward to today. What were some of those goals that 
not only you achieved them, but it surprised you at how fast it happened. Well, the millionaire stuff did. I mean, I remember that. And in the very beginning... You mean becoming a net worth millionaire? Yeah, that goal. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we both had a lot of doubts around that. When we started that journey, our combined income was less than 100000 Yeah. Well, and our net worth was about $2,200. Yeah. So it was very modest, to say the least. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a lot of debt, but we didn't have any assets. Mm-hmm. And we started looking up, and it started with owning a home and then getting our first rental. And But we made a stand around this one idea. If we could save 1500 bucks a month. Mm. Right, We kind of did the goal setting to the now before we knew what the goal setting to the now actually was, but we had a good mentor and Gary. Mm-hmm. And I just remember we kind of made a stand around that. And it was like, so how can we save up our next down payment to buy our next rental property? Because we knew, like I'm working in this franchise real estate company, like we could invest in stocks. There's a lot of things we could have done, but I just remember thinking, one, we wrote a book on it and we know that it works because of all the research we did. But we get to tap into this network. Like we're at the center of this whole real estate world. We have an advantage that other people might not. So we need Mm -hmm. to go double down and make this happen. So I just remember in the beginning, it was like, can we get side work? Can we do a side hustle? Mm -hmm. Like it was a lot of it was financial. Like how little of our income could we live on? How much could we save? In the beginning, the number was $1,500 a month. Because back then that would have been about 12 months of that. Plus ever the side hustles was a down payment on a rental property. Mm. And we just made it all about that, but that creates its own repercussions. Mm-hmm. Like, can we really afford to get a new car? Because how are we going to keep our 1500 savings if we have a car payment? So like the normal things that happen, like your car's dead. Our Tercel mm-hmm. went from a four-cylinder to a three-cylinder to a two-cylinder. <laughs> and then they had to tow it away. We just gave it away. It's charity, right? Yeah. Like, you don't plan for that. You think you are. You're thinking in the future. But then all of a sudden, one year, you're like, well, we got to get a car. Yeah. So how do we fit that in to the goals that we had? So that's my memory of the early years is mm-hmm. a lot of talk about family, a lot of talk about vacations, and a lot of talk about financials. Those are the three big ones, yeah. I think. I would about. actually say the the categories are not so different. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm sure we talked, I, in fact, I know we talked about our health. Yeah. We talked about our family. And even those early ones, we talked about our charitable goals, which was like, how much money do we want to give? How much time do we want to spend, you know, giving our time back? towards charitable things. And then, of course, the the job. Uh, and then we didn't own any businesses back then. No. But, but then the real estate was The real estate. Mm-hmm. The giving goals kicked in. I, I can trace that back is how long we've been involved at the Heroes for Children. Mm-hmm. So that's about seven years. Well, but, but that actually, was before it before that. Before I know. That, yeah. There was the two years before that where Mary Tennant, at the time our president, had looked up and everybody at work was giving each other Christmas gifts. And it's those obligatory gifts. And she didn't like the way that felt because imagine, especially if you're the president, all these department heads are walking in with a bottle of wine or whatever. And she's feeling guilty because like she's the boss and they're all bringing like, so she just asked us, it would be okay with y'all if we made a moratorium, no more gift giving. And instead we take all of the money we were going to spend on each other and either give it or raise money for charities. And so every Mm -hmm. department got to pick a charity do their bake sale or whatever. And we did the settlement home. But I just remember that was when I started thinking, oh, we need to plan for this. Like, mm-hmm. how, can we raise money? Can we give our time to, mm-hmm. and that was like, so like it, really in the last 10 years, we got purposeful about yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what does it look like today? You have over a decade of repetition and what it looks like to prepare for your goal mm-hmm. setting retreat and actually go on the goal setting retreat. Walk people who have never done this before through what this looks like. Well, um, it starts with planning the retreat itself. Mm-hmm. So you've got a plan to get out of town. Mm-hmm. And so that's actually kind of fun. Like in the beginning, it was get on Priceline. Like you were really good. You got on Priceline and found like a really cheap hotel we could drive to because our budget was small. Mm-hmm. But we still wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. So we could keep it on a small budget. The biggest expense, I remember that first year, was paying for an overnight babysitter. Mm-hmm. I just remember thinking that was really extravagant yeah. to get an overnight because <laughs> yeah. we don't have any it family was. in we town. We family. Yeah. yeah. So, so accounting for that. And, yeah. And, and I think it was really just making sure you do um, two nights, right? Because I, you know. Just, we didn't do that in the beginning, though. Well, just, yeah, at least one night. I think yes. some people try to squeeze it in a day, but you definitely want to do an overnight because yes. that's really important because some of this stuff has to really sink in. Yeah, so definitely getting that one night and 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 not being in your house to do it is yep. super important. So planning the retreat to get to retreat from your daily life, mm-hmm. it's an overnight. Our tradition usually is we'd go to dinner, so it was like a date for us because we mm-hmm. had small kids, and we would talk about what we wanted to talk about the next day. Mm-hmm. 
Today, we start talking, you know, maybe a month or so out about what our agenda might be. Mm-hmm. Like Wendy sent me a Google Doc this yeah. year with we, our agenda. And so we start year, doing some pre-work earlier. Yeah, but that first year, we had a very specific agenda. Oh, it, yeah. was, it was question after question after question. And the questions were broken down into categories like family, you know, job, professional, yeah. finances, um, charity work. Mm-hmm. Marriage. Well, that was in that was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and today we still one. we use the seven circles in the yeah. the one thing to ask the question: Are we setting goals in all of these areas? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's kind of similar. It's just there's more pre work mm-hmm. because if you own a business, you're creating a business plan that I want to share with her. She's creating one mm-hmm. that she wants to share with me, and that like kind of goes down to the benefits. Not only do things happen, you know, like our our wealth grew a lot faster than we ever dreamed it would. Because we actually got on the same page yep. and we came, we distilled it down to action steps. Mm-hmm. And that's happened in a whole bunch of other areas too, from health to fitness and, you know, family stuff that you didn't think would happen. But because we were on the same page and working together, there weren't those surprises. I was an employee and, you know, within a few years, Wendy started a real estate. So we had an entrepreneur and employee mm-hmm. yeah, but, thinking well, entrepreneurially. Yeah, like I got my years. ownership in the publishing company later. And then we had two entrepreneurs. But what I've observed, and why people say, well, you give us your cheat sheet. You know, for years, we had like a little Google spreadsheet that we would send to people or a document. Here's what we do. You copy it. Right. Just because we got asked enough about it because people mm-hmm. heard what we were doing, wanted to explore it. We've but wanted to know it so many times. So many years. times. Yeah. And so entrepreneurs come in. They're like all excited about the new direction they're going. The spouse, usually the employee that's not the independent contractor or the business owner, just kind of drug along. They get raggedy and mm-hmm. through the year. Mm-hmm. And that's not good for the entrepreneurial person or the spouse. It's not good for their relationship mm-hmm. because this person's all excited because they've got the vision. That's what made them get into business for themselves. The other person, the reason they're not in business for themselves is they may be a little bit more conservative. All of those things are scary. Yeah. And if people don't have a, a framework for communicating, hey, here's where we're going. Here's what it'll do for our family. Then that just creates stress. Yeah. It's still stressful, but when you have a framework for talking about it, now you can get on the same page. And if she says, I need to have a dinner party once a month, and I'm the antisocial person, I at least know, all right, she needs to build her sphere so she can build a real estate business. Like I can connect the dots. And it's not her punishing me for something by bringing strangers <laughs> into my house, right? But it's not just the framework. I think the framework is very important, but really what it is is the time away. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they they intuitively know, yeah, it would be great to do that. And they just never, A, plan for it. So they never put it on their calendar. Like we, every year, we put our goal setting and retreat on the calendar for the next year when yeah. we're doing our planning. And so just having that two days away where you can be thoughtful about it and really um, spend time together and just let the, let your like processing part of your brain go to work is what can be super powerful. Yeah. Let's dive down that rabbit hole because as we were um, having conversations from the people who came to the goal setting retreat last year that we facilitated, uh, a lot of them said they came and they weren't quite sure how to get their other half on board if they weren't a goal setter. A lot of people have raised that question this year. What advice would you give to someone who's watching this or listening to this later and they're just going, I would love to do this with whether it's my significant other or a business partner, but I just don't know how to get them interested. Mm-hmm. You go first. Well, I would say, um, you know, I would really approach it. You know, you want to approach every problem with what's in it for them. Right. And so if you are a goal setter and maybe your partner isn't necessarily a goal setter, although I think every, like you said before, everybody's a goal setter um, in that they have dreams and passions and wishes and, and desires for themselves. And it's really just explaining to them how powerful it can be because I think that's what people really underestimate is that power of getting on the same page. And it seems so obvious when, you, when you've been doing it for so long, like us. And yet I just know so many people who they're just, they're not on the same page. Or it's not that they're not on the same page. It's just maybe they're just one's running here and one's running there. So it's not like they're off kilter, but they're just not as connected as they could be. And there's just power in that. Uh, that plus, I mean, t- times 10. I mean, I think that there's real benefits for both partners. I think what people are afraid of is the unknown. So like, what is this structure or whatever? And I would just tell them, first and foremost, let's talk about, let's have a retreat for our marriage. 
and let's bring as much structure as you're comfortable with. Mm. But at the very least, we've created some space where we can talk about mm-hmm. um, what would you like to happen? Let's not talk about everything that's wrong. What would you like to have happen this coming year mm-hmm. in our relationship? Yeah, it's like really a hopeful and thing. So, you know, start small. There is this system we have, but if, if they only did one thing, can they get out of their daily life, at least overnight, and ask a few questions? Mm-hmm. How are we doing? Mm-hmm. What do you think we can do better? Where are we doing great? Where can we do better? And where, what are we not doing that we really might regret later? And just start there. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fun thing that we do every time, and everybody gets excited when we did the goal-setting retreat— Right. Let's plan our vacations. Yay, it's my favorite and thing. Whether you're an employee, um, except for the the five people who are unemployed, sorry, <laughs> who can't afford vacations. We know that the 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 employed people in the U.S. don't take their vacation. Right. And entrepreneurs and independent contractors are even the worse. Worst. They're all battling burnout. So just the idea of let's plan it out. You know, I've told the story. You've heard me a million times talking about that conversation I had with Gary when we were going to do the staycation. We'll share it. And well, the idea was. Wendy and I were both stressed out. We uh, just bought a house. Our kids were kind of small, and we were like, we're just going to enjoy the new pool well, you just and stay home. the one thing, actually. It was right about that time. Mm-hmm. And we were going to do a staycation. And Gary says, well, you know, Gus at that time was six. And he goes, you know, you've only got about 10 left. He meant 10 spring breaks. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he just pointed out, because he has an older son. He's like, this idea of Jay, Wendy, Gus, and Veronica going on spring break you know, by the time he's 16, you're lucky if they're still going with you. It might be their friends or they're bringing in a girlfriend or they're gone with them. But this idea, you've only got 10. How are you going to use them? So like that time is so precious. And so like if, if you've got kids, you're like, wow, okay. So we've got maybe seven summers left with our kids. Where, where would we love to plan for and work backwards? Do we want to go to Yellowstone? You know, we took our kids to Machu Picchu. Yeah. Like, what are the places that would be awesome to go with our kids at this age? So just vacations alone might save you a ton of regrets later in life if you just got a little bit more purposeful about it. Right. And what we did that year is, is we just put down all of our bucket list items. Which was fun. Which was super fun. And then we organized it according to the ages of our children. So it makes sense to go to Disney World, you know, when they're eight. It makes more sense to go to Africa when they're 16 and 17. And that just helped us sort of organize that and be really purposeful about it. Yeah. This was something Amy and I didn't do a good job of this last year. Oh. In terms of... We all did it for the first time. We did a better job in terms of taking vacation. But mm-hmm. what we did not ask is, what are the vacations we want to take? Uh-huh. And actually put them in order of priority. Yeah. Oh, wow. Shocker. Because what ended up happening is all of a sudden weddings popped up or mm-hmm. bachelorette or bachelor parties or a girls weekend. And before you know it, we're just arbitrarily saying yes. Mm -hmm. And as we get to the end of the year, the one vacation that really mattered to my wife was no longer in the budget. Mm. Oh, no. The single vacation that she actually wanted to take, we didn't take. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's well. thank you for sharing that. I mean, you're so good at telling on yourself because that's destructive. (laughs) But, I mean, that's great. That's a regret you don't want someone else to have if they don't have to have it. Oh, you're going to pass them via sticky note? Is that how you're going to do it? What I'd love to (laughs) chat a little bit about is really just the framework of the weekend. Yeah. So the way it starts out typically is we drive to the hotel, or that first year was a little cabin. Mm -hmm. And that first night, it's very relaxed. Right. So just go out to dinner, have fun, you know, just have a very relaxing I usually will have a notebook. I mean, evening. I guess today mm-hmm. you probably have your smartphone, but like with your notes. So you're coming up with ideas. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that first year was very chill because yeah. cause there was no, I, I wanted I wanted it just to be like, to be bonding for us kind of. Yeah. And then the next day was was more of the work. Yeah. But then also the reward for the work that afternoon is remember we got that a massage person to come and give us a massage and then and then sort which of, when you have two kids that yeah, are you know that was huge under two yeah it's a big deal yeah and then so that's that's how that framework really looked like but it was like a, a, just a relaxing evening first and then the work was the next day and that's pretty much how it still goes mm-hmm. you know like we'll do dinner the first night we'll kind of get our agenda together next morning we'll order room service or get a quick breakfast and we go back to the room mm-hmm. And get our laptops out. Yeah. So it's important to have and like a, just, a, a nicer room that's more comfortable that you can spread out in. Well, one year yeah. we were up in Massachusetts, maybe. I remember the hotel room wasn't super comfortable. I yeah. remember being like up yeah. against the wall yeah. for a while. I think so we're like, New we New Hampshire. Could learn a lesson there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Why do you choose this time of year? Well, I learned this from Gary, so that's a good question. I think a lot of people actually will wait to do their goal setting till late December or even uh, January for a lot of people, if we're being honest. I know I did. A lot of times, I'd, other than like a resolution or something, it wasn't really till that holiday break that I'd really even start thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I would, for years and years, when I uh, started working with Gary, I started working with him in the summer of 2002. So probably the first time he did it was in 2003. In Late October to late November, sometime in that window, I would get photocopies of his entire year of his calendar. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about the three things that you time blocked, that was all that was on it then, right? He had his vacations time blocked. We had our planning times when we were going to do our 411s together and when he would do them with his other executives because he wanted his other executives to be there in Austin those days. And then we had our writing days. Yeah. And he usually would have those plotted out till August. Mm -hmm. And what he wanted was to give me ample opportunity. So he was willing to do the work really early so that everyone else would have the opportunity to have a little negotiation Mm -hmm. room. Like, oh, I'm taking my kids to Africa. And can we move this? Like he had a lot of people in his world. And we just adopted a bigger model. If you're going to have a big life, it makes sense at some point you might want to be ahead of the game. Yeah. And that way you can... People on the team, we and can what now a great negotiate feeling, that with it. Oh, right? yeah. What a great feeling to just sail into next year and know, like, I've got these bucket list vacations already planned. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Or one not even them. bucket list vacations. Sometimes they're just, you know, like one year, one fall break, we just went to Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> we got to find out exactly how many dry counties they have there. <laughs> uh, long way to drive to get a glass of wine. I was going to say, one of the things that Gary did, I've told you this story, he usually would do one week of vacation for every other month. Mm-hmm. And I remember once asking him, I said, hey, I see you're out of town in April. Where are you going? He said, I don't know. I just blocked it off because I'll probably need it. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that, was, that made a real impression on me. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't even have to know where he's going yet. He just assumes mm-hmm. he's going to be working hard and need the time off. I think that's so important. Yeah. Like, I know for me personally, that's very true. Like, we have these big lives, and people are like, how can you do all that you do? And then it's like, well, I look forward to my vacation. When I'm on vacation, I actually take a vacation, and I unplug, and I refresh, and I can come back and start work again. Well, how many of you who are here live or listening to this later have ever had that time pop up when you realized, I really need to take a vacation, or we want to go take this vacation, and you go and you look at your planner and realize there's no time to take it. Everything is booked, and you just can't see canceling and rescheduling that many things. That was my life for my entire professional career until you shared that story with me. And the idea of just looking at a planner proactively and just marking the dates off. There are times I've taken those days back, but there's also times where I said, honey, I got nothing planned today. Let's go for a walk. Exactly. And she is so happy. Fast forward, you show up to your goal setting retreat. You start envisioning what you want your life to look like. And you start setting goals. What happens when you realize that you're not on the same page or that you have goals that are not aligned? Oh, that never happens. <laughs> For people who are listening, they're rolling their eyes because that was sarcastic. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. It happens a lot. And I think that um, part of any relationship, if you're being realistic, right? So you, I'm making assumptions that when we talk about significant others, that people have made a long-term commitment to this So I'm going to do it from the frame of a long-term, lifelong commitment. We're not going to be on the same page every day. It's impossible. The person I married is a different person today. A lot of the reasons I married her are still there, but they've grown and changed. And I would assume the same of me. She likes to point out I was still getting allowance from my mom when I met her. So I'll just go ahead and (laughs) nip that in the bud as I was a graduate student. So you look up. You look up and it was we've a, grown. It was a little allowance, though. <laughs> you look up and you've grown and you've changed. And I mean, that should be normal and expected. But I think it surprises some people. So I do think that normally I just envision kind of like the double helix, right? Like a DNA that you're kind of coming in and out of sync. And that's normal. So if you sit down and where you want to go feels divergent, that might be a sign of something really serious, and that would yeah. be scary. But better to know early than late. Mm-hmm. But it also, right, it also just might be part of the normal rhythm mm-hmm. that you're kind of going to be doing this a lot. But yeah. it gives you a chance to course correct and say, wow, if you're going way over there, how are we going to get together? Can we plan for that? Right. 
Well, and I also think what's great about that is, is that especially if you're planning further out, you can almost see some things coming. So I know for a long time you had on your goals that you wanted to own some land. You wanted to have a ranch in Texas. It's Texas, so there's a lot of there's a lot of land here. And that had been on your goals for five years. And, you know, I have to be honest, it wasn't, that was never a goal of mine. Nope. But it always showed up on your goals. And so I got to review it every year. And then when you had the opportunity to to kind of quickly go into a partnership with someone who also wanted to buy a ranch, you know, normally I might've been like, Ooh, I don't know if that's going to work, but because we'd been doing the goal setting retreat and I'd seen it on your goals year after year after year, and I knew how much you really wanted it. And it wasn't just a passing fancy, yeah. which honestly, if we hadn't talked about it, it might've felt like that. Yeah. I might've been like, just wow. Idea. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? That's insane. And so because of that, I was, I was, I was more okay with it. Well, I'll share with them what, when we were prepping to shoot the, the goal setting retreat course that we just filmed, um, you looked at Kaylin and I and asked, and I'll ask this to you, what computer company did Melinda Gates start? She didn't. Yet that was something that Bill wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And just because something was a goal for one person didn't mean that she had to have the exact equal goal. And it was mm-hmm. more of for you guys having insight into what mattered to the other person and asking the question, how do we support one another? Yeah. Yep. And I think a healthy relationship, there's going to be some give and take, mm-hmm. but this gives you a platform for kind of knowing if you're in the season of asking for help or giving it. Mm-hmm. And I can remember when Wendy, um, there was a reckoning moment when she was going back to work because when she had quit her job, she had gone home to be the full-time mom. She had taken on a lot more of the household duties. It made sense. Mm-hmm. But then when she went back to work, there wasn't a formal transition. Yeah. And I got very good conversation, very helpful, <laughs> wasn't fun for me, where I got made aware of all the jobs that I was going to be getting back. Yeah. But again, when you have that framework, like this, that the giving and taking is going to be normal. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it, there's, it goes back and forth, and it's not all one way. It gives you an opportunity to ask for help. Yeah. I need your help this year. So can you play a little less golf this year or whatever that is mm-hmm. and be a little bit more of this so I can have this happen? Like you said, if it's been there and you're asking for it, it doesn't feel like it's just a fancy. You know that it's something that's important to them. Yeah. yeah. Well, it also gives you a framework <laughs> for like, do we have, can we talk about our marriage? You know, I remember those first goal setting questions like, well, how's the health of our marriage? Is it where we want it to be? Can it be better? And I just don't think that when you're sitting around the table having dinner, you're asking those kind of questions. You're probably just doing your own thing. Yeah. Which, which for everybody who's watching or listening, um, we have a kick-ass guide to your couple's goal-setting retreat. If you go to theonething.com with the number one in the URL, click on free stuff. It should be right there at the top. And it's got all these questions that you can ask for all the different categories. So better than trying just to scribble your pen as fast as possible and us review it here, best that you go there and download that and you'll have it. And we've got a framework in there for a one-night retreat or a two-night retreat. So we kind of created a little framework for both. Yeah, nice. Several people have asked, how do you, once you have your goal setting retreat, how do you keep your goals in front of you throughout the year? What does that look like? Do you come back together on a quarterly basis or mid-year? What does that look like? You know this about me. Like, so I oh, carry, snap. yeah, yeah, I carry my notebook with me wherever I go. I've got my 411, which is my goal setting document and stapled to it is the document that I've probably for six years been creating. I just started taking all the stuff we talked about from the year before and put it in one, I used a PowerPoint. It's good stuff. And so I've got our five-year goals. I've got our one-year goals. Mm-hmm. I've got our org charts and business plans. Like, mm-hmm. it's now 21 pages. It used to be three. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what happens over time. But now, every time I look at my goals for the month or the week, underneath them, all I have to do is lift the paper, and I can see what my five-year goals are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I do not do that, by the way. I know. I'm just sharing what <laughs> I do. But that, yeah. but that is one of those things that, like, the ranch was used to be on the front page. Yeah. And every time I would tear off my 411 to put the new one in, guess what I got to see? Yep. Ranch. Ranch. And that was one of those things that, like, my son was wanting to hang out with me in the woods. And in Texas, there's not much public land. And I remember calling my good buddy and saying, can I bring my son out for the hunting weekend? And he goes, ah, so many bunch of older guys. You know, they might be drinking. I don't think it's appropriate. I just remember going, okay, I, we've, I don't want to miss this time. I remember my dad taking me hunting. 
And that was the main reason, the drive. I mean, I wanted it for me, but I wanted it to be that thing that we could share with the kids. Of course, the kids are like yeah. screaming and kicking every time we take him now. Really <laughs> there's no, there's no Wi-Fi, Dad. Yeah. I can't play my Xbox. <laughs> he'll, he'll appreciate it later. But having him physically with me, that's, I have a physical notebook. So how can you keep them in your environment so yeah. that you have to confront them? How do you keep them top of mind? Well, I just have a, like a, we call it the 411 with Keller Williams. And so I have my annual goals yeah. up there. And I just look at those once a week, really, when I'm doing my 411. Voila. Actually, probably every day I look at them. Yeah. I don't carry a paper version around with me. So Yeah. But I love that you do. I'm old school I would way. just I would lose it. So. Yeah. I like to write on it when I have ideas. Yeah. And I, I literally just took your model. I've got my little packet that sits in the middle of my one thing planner. It's got my 409 and my someday five year. My goals are year. my bookmark. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Other questions? What we got? Oh, yeah. How do you manage situations that come up and interfere with your goals like illness or family challenges? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing about goal setting is, is at the end of the day, um, all the goals that we've ever set, you know, maybe we've accomplished 75% of them, 80% of them. More like 25. Oh, no. I think it's, it's the flip because there's a lot of them yeah. I think we write down. Right. And like three months into it, we're like, what were we thinking? And right. we get rid of it. We'll definitely we'll go back after, you know, like when we do our retreat this weekend, we'll look at our goals from the last year and there'll be just some things that don't make sense. Oh, I could show you a list of them. Yeah. And we thought they were important when we did the retreat. Right. Right. And then you look up a quarter later and you realize, right. okay, that was a great idea, but it's not really a yeah. priority right like now. Like I really wanted to plant some fruit trees on the ranch for like five years. I keep putting it on the goal setting thing, but I but we never do it. Although we did put a deck on this year. Yeah, we did. And that's been on there for several several years. Uh, uh, but yeah, so, but, but life happens, you know. We've luckily, had a lot of your, personal stuff happen. Yeah, to but us your your dad got sick. Her dad got sick a while back. Yep. And I can remember we were like we were planning for an investment property and she's like, you know what? Probably need to think about helping my dad get a place that's handicapped accessible. So instead of investing in another piece of real estate, we ended up kind of becoming the bank for them to move into a handicapped accessible place. And we just did that for her mom and her sister who moved down. And so family has happened. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how long you remember it, but I remember having about two weeks of warning before your mom moved into town. Mm -hmm. And we then look at our goals and say, okay, well, how are we going to handle this? But because we have a framework for handling things, it at least makes it something that we can, okay, well, we'll trade this chit for that chit. So investment property becomes house for grandpa. Mm -hmm. So you at least have things that you can swap out and make choices. You have a playing field to work with versus just going into pure panic. Yeah. Well, and I know that um, we've always had a goal for our charitable giving that included our family. You know, do we need to give... Some money to different members of our family that might need it. Yeah. 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 What does it look like to involve kids in this? Do you involve your kids? We just drag them along. No, they don't come. No, no. No, in terms of they get to hear what goals we're setting for our family. But they never come to the retreat. No. no. Some people are probably confused by what you said. I meant drag along as in if you're a minority partner in a corporation is yeah. the drag along clause we, we means you have to go about, with the majority partners yeah. so you don't have a choice we talk a lot about goal setting around the table and um, and so i think that through osmosis they learn it but we have never done um and and we have you know on sunday nights we do not every sunday but when we can we do family kind of meeting. family meeting yeah. and we do goal they do their goal setting for the week and we talk about it and we'll we'll be working on pretty much every sunday we work on our 411s we're just sitting around the house there's a lot um, that they're picking up by osmosis, right? Because well, yeah, we do talk about them. these things. And that's, mm-hmm. you know that, you know, they're going to catch every cuss word we ever say. We know that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Hopefully some of the other good stuff sticks too. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> you look up, but I just remember like we went to, um, our last big trip was to Italy, right? Uh, yeah. Before, no, before Alaska, Italy. Mm-hmm. And I just remember our daughter was like, can we please not go somewhere which is like full of ruins and trees? Because like no, actually, she said, "Do we have to go to Italy again?" Doing Italy again, and it's like it's like ah, oh, but it, she actually was expressing like she's definitely wants to go places. Yeah. It actually led to a conversation. So when right. we're planning our vacations, I actually have this in my notes. Yeah. She's like, yeah. "Well, where would you like to go?" Yeah, it's like she wasn't quite sure, but she wanted to go to like the what about city. Japan? Yeah, or like an city. urban. And I was like, "Okay, I'm probably not going to take you to Japan, but maybe we could all go to New York City." Right. And that's a big city. And she got really excited about that. So, like, we can involve them where it's appropriate. 
Mm-hmm. And the rest of the time, I, you know, and say they're along for the ride, we also get to role model maybe how they should be thinking mm-hmm. about things, take their feedback, but I'm not quite yeah. ready to hand them the keys. Yeah. But, and I think for us, the marriage has always been the primary relationship. I think a lot of people don't feel that way or they let their children sort of take over. And I've always, I always tell my kids, I'm like, listen, I love your dad more. You know, I picked your dad. You guys are random. <laughs> and, um, you know, after you guys are gone, your dad and I will still be here. And a lot of people don't approach their families that way. They really think like, oh, my my kids are my primary. But this is the primary, and this is the way we take time for the primary and our life. And our kids are a part of that, but we're at the core. She's not joking. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, I had, you know, you know that. I mean, the, the tattoos, right? I mean, that's like first is husband, then father. And, you know, I told, I remember talking to Veronica about this. I said, you know, you you and your brother share one and your mom's got one all to herself. What, have you, what do you mean by that? For The people? two, my first domino, right? Yeah. My two first two hats. My first one's husband. Show me your domino. My domino. second one is um, father. And um, he, he actually has dominoes tattooed okay. on his forearm. And that's just my reminder, but that's, my two biggest priorities. And if those are working, everything else falls in place. But mom comes first. And the truth is, like, especially when they were little, the building's burning. Like, I expect us to go in and save the kids and the dog. And I hope she makes it out. But, like, on a day-to-day basis, I got to put this relationship first. We get a chance to role model what that looks like. And I've known a lot of couples where the kids, they become empty nesters. What happens a few years later? Yeah, they yeah. stop spending time together. Like their relationship doesn't make sense anymore because they had prioritized the other one first. And I don't want mm-hmm. that to be us. Well, I think especially when your kids are very small, but but really the whole time you have children, to, to just take a weekend just for the two of you is really powerful. You're like, oh, this is why I fell in love with you. You're incredible. That's where date night we're in, came we're from. In, we're in love again, you know, and it's just, a, it's just a very powerful thing. What do you mean by date night? Walk people through what that looks like for you guys. Well, I mean, pretty much not long after we started our goal-setting retreats, right at that same time, you know, you've got small kids, you don't have... It just feels like you're always chained to going home. And, you know, the kids have to, somebody has to be put to bed or change the diaper. <laughs> so I think Gary said, why don't y'all institute a date night? We started by trying to do it on Fridays and Saturdays. We couldn't consistently get babysitters. So for, I don't know, probably going on a decade, we've been having date night yeah. on Wednesday nights. Yep. And, and kind it used of to people be that in our, our world know that. It used to be that our daughter would just cry in the driveway <laughs> as we drive away. And now they're like, oh, you're leaving? Oh, see you later. You know? It's like, is there mac and cheese for me to make? Right, exactly. <laughs> awesome. yeah. We don't need, but that was like, you know, there's the once a year, the retreat, or if we get to take another vacation, it's great. But we, pretty early on, we instituted at least trying for every week. We might average in the very beginning, maybe twice a month, mm-hmm. a regular habit of getting together. So that we could reconnect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. For the same reason. Yeah. It's a mini, a mini goal setting retreat. Yeah. Right. One of the questions came up around what does it mean to do the work and how is setting goals work? So using the framework, which we've adopted the last few years. Well, I think what they're asking was, I think it was about my comment where I said the relaxation was on Friday night and yeah. the work was on Saturday. Okay. Well, I was gonna yeah. say the, the basic framework is you, you have your someday goals, your five-year goals, and your one-year goals. And we mostly, our work is around where do we want to be in five years? We focus a lot on that because it feels concrete. The someday stuff we talk about in general, don't have a lot of that. I don't have any of that written down. Someday stuff? Yeah, we might somewhere, but I, I don't, mean, we talk have, about they're it. They're very general. Very general, but you get a lot more specific on the five-year goals. In five years, we'd like these things to happen. So we spend a lot of time talking about those. And then based on that, and what has pretty, to happen this next year? They're pretty measurable. So I would say, yeah, this is like very specifically, this is what kind of passive income we want to have. Yeah. Or what is our is income? Our What's our passive worth. income, our net worth? So it is, a little bit of, it is a little bit of work. And then it's not just like, oh, we want to be rich. We want to be happy. We want to be, you know, debt-free or whatever it is. It's very specific. And this is where, for, for those of you who are in the community where we're always doing trainings on the 411, when you ask, how do you even get your ideas for what goes on a business plan or a 411, mm-hmm. this is what it mm-hmm. looks like. Envisioning a life yeah. someday from now, identifying clear, specific, yeah. measurable five-year yeah. goals, one-year goals, you create your yeah. plan, you create your 411, you open your planners, you totally. time block it, 
That's the work. That's the thing. Like, if you guys, like, this is the thing that has created so much success in our life that we would never have dreamed it. It's the goal planning and thinking out five years and then taking that and turning it into a business plan every year and putting it on our 411. Like I tell the people on my real estate team, I say, if you can get into the habit of the 411, you you can literally do anything. And I would, of course, love everybody that comes onto my team to stay there forever. But I understand if, you know, people will leave. And the one thing that I want them to get is the habit of the 411 because that's what's going to give them success forever. And what the, what this— You did it for years before. Yeah, I did it way before I was in real estate. Yeah. So I did it when I worked with a different company because my company didn't have a framework like this. So I used the 411, and I used it for the people that worked for me because I just thought it was incredible. And the 411 is the thing. It's the thing for success. And you look at that every day, if not every week. That's where those big goals in the future, because you've worked backwards. Every day. What does that mean for five years for this year? That year for my month, that monthly goal for my year. You worked backwards. When you look at your week, what do I have to accomplish? You're actually on track for that five-year goal. Yeah. And that's the magic of that process. So I would say go to page, um, I can't remember the page number. Is it 114, the seven circles? Yes. And I would just ask the question that's in the the document that they can download. You know, what do we what do we want our lives to look like in five years for you know our spiritual life, for our physical health, our relationships? And for us, we might talk about her parents, my parents, both kids individually. Like we break out the personal relationships by the ones that really stand out. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes there's very specific, like each kid is different. We don't just lump them together. You know, it's like, what hobbies do we want to try to foster with Gus? What do we want to try to bring to you know, the surface for Veronica? So we're looking way out. And then we come up with our list for this year. Like mm-hmm. we had a long list of stuff for our kids. Mm-hmm. And like, we were going to try these things. And a lot of them, I was looking at some of them for our kids. We did pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the boundaries or expectations that should be set when you come into this with that other person so that you stay in a productive lane and you don't go hmm. outside the rails? Great question. Well, I think you have to both be committed to, to having an outcome at the end of it, which would hopefully be uh, some goals that you agree on together. Like, that's the outcome. And then the other outcome is, is you are closer as a couple. Mm-hmm. Those, are the, those, to me, would be the two, the two outcomes. I'd probably say let's focus on moving forward not assessing blame for the past. Yeah. Like when I worry about when we did our first facilitation for a group last year for our goal setting retreat that we do in person and that's coming up. Yeah. I was really worried like that people wouldn't be on the same page and I would suddenly have to transform into a marriage counselor, which I am not qualified to do. <laughs> um, barely have enough to muster through our you know, disagreements and make sure that I'm not on the losing end. Mm-hmm. But I think that agreeing on the front end, let's focus on where we want to go and why it's important to us. And let's not acknowledge where we disagree, mm-hmm. but let's get out of, here's everything that's wrong with you. Because mm-hmm. I do think that if you've never done this before, um, I, like, I don't like the idea of an annual review. That's one of the reasons I love doing a 411 on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. When people have a long time between assessments, they tend to load up. And there's some personality types, the times people who like to hold grudges, they can unload. And so I think that would probably not be the right setting, do that with the counselor in the room with you. Show up and let's talk about, this is where I'd like us to go. How do you feel about Mm -hmm. that? What can we do together? Where can we agree to? The past is the past. Yeah. What progress can we agree on to try to make towards this this year? Yeah. And then the only other thing I would say is, is definitely have that agenda. You know, start with the kick-ass whatever you call it now. What, what did you brand it as? The yeah. kick-ass guide to your okay. couple's goal-setting yeah. retreat. And, uh, <laughs> we got the trademark. You, we got to use you it. Really yeah. flared, you flared it up. That's where it comes from. You flared it up. Thank you. And, uh, and then, uh, so have some kind of framework and, and really stick to it because I know that, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of just relax and, you know, Jay likes to read the paper in the morning. So I always feel like I'm like the taskmaster. But, you know, like let's get, Let's, I'm going to get my coffee before let's we get, get some to work. work done. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, let's get the work done. Yeah, well, for and she's talking about the framework, and we've got three options for those of you who are watching this or listening to this. First, download the guide. If you go to the onething.com, click on free stuff, you can download the kick ass guide to your couple's goal setting retreat there. It'll give you a lot of the questions and things you can go through. 
when we start talking about the work. And that document, by the way, is yeah. the document we shared with, I don't know, mm-hmm. hundred, hundreds yeah. of couples. And we've heard from people that was enough for them, you know, in the beginning. They could just self-start with that for it sure. It actually kind of makes me nervous because I don't know where I copied those questions from <laughs> at the beginning. You'll be good. We worked on them. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to following the models of establishing someday goals, five-year goals, one-year goals, doing a one-page business plan for those goals, doing 411s and time blocking them, that's where more facilitation comes in, which two options. We facilitate a retreat every year. If you go to the onething.com and click on the training tab, you'll see the couple's goal setting retreat that Jay, Kaylin, and I are facilitating. You'll also see the. the one, that's the November. Yeah, it's coming up in about a month. Okay. And then you'll also see the online course. That November, we ju- what is it? November 17th? 17th and 18th. Okay, yeah. And you'll see the online course. I'll be there too. Yeah, sure. You'll, you can meet both of them. <laughs> uh, and for those that can't actually make it to Austin but want to have us there facilitating it for you, Wherever you choose to do it, there'll be an online course this year, which you can get on the wait list for. And that's all at the training page. Or for a special person and the right price, Jay will, or Jeff will come facilitate a one-on-one weekend with you. <laughs> no, just kidding. You the, be careful. The price is, I might do it. <laughs> it's very expensive. Yeah. That'll be your charity auction item. There we go. Yeah. You just get like a twin bed. Why why, why do you need a second? Oh, oh, we didn't have to go there. (laughs) Sorry. I've done so good building a filter. You just ripped it down. (laughs) So what other questions do we need to ask answer for the folks that are gave us an hour? Yeah. There was there was a question about how do you handle when your goals aren't met, which I think it's Mm -hmm. worth talking about what is the actual purpose of a goal. Mm -hmm. So when your goals aren't met? Yeah, when you don't meet your goals that you set. Well, I mean, the there's two modalities, right? The first question I ask, like, if we've done absolutely nothing, um, why did we met that goal to begin with? Like, was that even a legitimate yeah. goal? Because right. sometimes we get caught up in the moment yeah, and we think like, that oh, would be really be so cool. Fun. Right? That's the whole point. Like, the first year, that was what the ranch was. And the second year, that was what the ranch was. But by the third year, she's probably thinking, okay, he keeps writing this down. There's mm-hmm. something behind this. So I first acknowledge that sometimes we just, the planning fallacy, we think we can do a lot more than we actually can. Sometimes life gets in the way, right? But yeah, um, yeah, things might, health might show up, an issue, a parent or your own health. And yeah, that sets you back. But when your goals aren't met, to me, there's only two things you can do. You can increase the activity so that you can meet them. And, or if you've exceeded your goals, you can raise the goals or just say awesome and do something else. But I don't, if it's important to you, you know, you just don't accept, all right, great. I mean, I don't, we don't beat ourselves up. We're behind. We ask the question, how do we catch up? I carry the loss forward, though. Like when we set our goal for being a millionaire, if we showed up and we had a goal for being, having a net worth of 500000 and the next year it was going to be 600000 but we only got to four fifty, well, guess what? We had to make up 150 to get back on track because I don't want to extend the deadline because the people who just extend the deadline with no consequences, they don't ever get there. Yeah. It's really easy yeah. to do that. Well, but I, I also think, too, it's like, who do you become on the way? Like if you set a big goal right? Your big goal is to read 50 books a year and you, you're only reading 10 books a year. And at the end of the year, you're like, oh, I read 35 books. And you're like, oh, I didn't meet my goal. Well, yeah, but look how many books you read. That's me. I mean, I've always set that goal and I yeah. never, I've never hit it. Well, you always do like 49. I'm, I'm always like, read a shorty, like read a little guy. And you're like, no, Jay's too, has too much integrity. So he never <laughs> does that. But I'm like, just read Who Moved My Cheese or something. Well, I, think, <laughs> I think the key there is, and Gary said this, the purpose of a goal is to be appropriate in the moment. Yeah. It's less about achieving the result and more about casting a vision for where you want to be. So you can ask the question, who do I need to become? A lot of them is, I mean, I'll quote, uh, you had uh, James Clear on, yeah. and I love him in this idea of people going and having specific goals about their, you know, their body fat and all that. And that's appropriate if you're really competitive at that sort of thing. But sometimes it's just like who you want to be. Like, am I the kind of person who goes to the gym three times a week? Yeah. Um, I just want to, that's who I am. And therefore, those other things, like some of the specifics will take care of themselves. I'm a person who reads. And I, over the course of your life, those dominoes get bigger That's and That's like bigger. the understatement of the year, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the questions came in, is it worth doing, if you don't have a significant other, should, yes. you, should you do this with oh, yourself? Yeah, for sure. We had a lot of people in the audience that came to the couple's goal-setting retreat. Some didn't well, bring their spouse and wish they had, and some didn't have a spouse. But build the habit. How wonderful when you finally meet that person. 
to invite them along and already be comfortable with the framework, you can be their guide. Yeah. Yeah. At and least you know where you're going. Um, and that's, I think that's kind of sexy and attractive in yeah. a future. Well, and often what I do is I'll take a I'll take a afternoon and I'll do goal setting retreat with myself. I might do a, year, a mid-year reset or I might do it before our goal setting retreat just to get clarity around my thoughts. Yeah. So I think it's really important. Well, we talk about that even in our facilitation. I think if you are a couple, right or not, it really is helpful to do some of the work separately because if there's an imbalance in who's more persuasive or more assertive in your relationship, if you've done pre-work, you at least show up and say, here are the three things that are really important for me around X. Mm -hmm. It's already on paper, and therefore, at least your voice will be in the conversation versus you get the mad brainstormer in the couple (laughs) that just dominates the whiteboard and the other person, you know, so I do think— It's like every time we want to see a movie. Jay always knows what movie he wants to see. And he's like, what movie do you want to see? I'm like, uh, he's like, how about that one? I'm like, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, and I can tell you, at least, especially for the retreat that we're facilitating this year, already at least 30% of the total registrants are individuals Mm -hmm. that are coming. And if you listen to the One Thing podcast, I think it was episode 159, Jake and Alex Dreyfus on. Jake came last year to the retreat. He wanted his wife, Alex, to come with him. There was no way she was coming. It just wasn't going to happen. And he still came and... He asked the question, how can I just show up as the best version of myself this year? And his change was so rapid mm. that Alex couldn't help but start to ask, okay, What's going how on? can I drink some of that Kool-Aid? Yeah. And now they're both coming this year. That's okay. cool. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. It's a process. I mean, it really is a process. And to go from A to, you know, J, where we are now, it's just, you know, year after year, day after day, month after month. One thing at a time right. over time. The dominoes get bigger on their own. You don't have to jump ahead. Yeah. yeah. How, somebody asked, how many goals should we be setting at this point? What are the, Is there such a thing as too many goals, not enough goals? Well, we know that you can only focus on one thing at any given moment, right? That's right. the big principle in the book. I look at those seven areas of your life. Could be six if you don't have a business. I think I would at least start with, are we being purposeful in those areas? Mm-hmm. Right? Do we have a plan? I mean, for most people, the spiritual stuff is not that complicated. It might be, but I've, in general, that's usually a choice about doing something. Like, are we going to attend services? Are there rituals that we want to bring into our life? And some of the other ones are a little bit more complicated, but those are at least give you some buckets to start with. Mm-hmm. And that's how we've built the whole framework. Yeah, again, those. it's a framework. And if you look at one of those categories and you're like, I'm all good, yeah. you, then you don't put a goal there. Any of the biggest mistakes that you would warn people of so that they don't have to repeat them? Um, I would say, you know, we have a couple years we've waited, you know, just because of life circumstances and timing and honestly not really planning ahead. Because when I say this weekend, we're going to put our goal setting retreat on the calendar for next year. We haven't always done that. We've put maybe our vacations, but not this particular retreat. And so we've waited until late into December. And I just, I never like that. I prefer to do it mid-October. There may have been one that we did in January. Yeah, this is my total preference is to do it this time of year. Just because, well, especially now that I'm in real estate, you know, we're already in... You're laying when, the groundwork. When, when you have a business, you're you're definitely thinking a couple months well, out. Talk about that a little bit because you talk a lot about the models and the focus, the intention that we show up in our businesses or our jobs with and applying that to a personal life. Well, in business, the work that you do in the fourth quarter is absolutely setting up your first quarter. They're, they're, they're connected. They're not separate. So if you have no idea where you're going to start your year, you're not setting anything up for success next year and you're already behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I love is like rolling into Monday morning and not really knowing what you're going to do for the week. Yeah, which is a mistake that a lot of people make. Mm -hmm. And the 411 helps prevent that, right? Because you walk into your work week with your at least your agenda set. At work, it seems normal to bring this kind of rigor to it, right? If you work for a big corporation, everybody's got quarterly goals. That's what it looks like. And they break down those quarters into months. And everybody knows what their agenda is and their KPIs for XYZ. And that's how billions of dollars move through the system. And I think there is some wisdom in taking some of that framework and applying it to your personal goals, which I would argue matter a lot more, right? Right. We do spend a lot of time at work and there is a lot at stake there. I get that. But why wouldn't you borrow the best of those frameworks? Like, do executives hang out at home to do an executive retreat? No, they go to, to a spa somewhere. They get them out to do their goal-setting retreats. That's where you go and do your one-thing speeches, right? It's usually at some off 
site. Yeah. This is something that people have known for decades and decades. Get out of your element. You'll see your world differently. It'll give you better perspective. Right. And what I find fascinating is that a lot of people talk about, you know, their big why. The reason they, they do all this work is their family. But if you look at how they actually spend their time and their effort and what they read and what they study, they're actually spending, you know, 90% of their time on their business and really not studying how to, how to, how to be a better parent how to be a, you know, a better spouse. Their, their activities don't really reflect their intention. Yeah. I think we would both argue that if you had better goals in place and more clarity about where you wanted to be, your activities might change. Absolutely. Yeah. The um, question came in is, can you do this with a team? Which I'll just say, absolutely. We've got a number of teams, even a region of a company coming to the retreat. Just mm-hmm. This is about setting goals with the people that have a stake in your success, mm-hmm. whether that is a significant other, a business partner, a friend, a team, or if you're doing this for yourself, it absolutely can be done. What's- well, a business partner is a lot like a, a business marriage. For sure. Because, I mean, I'm sorry. It's one of those things where you've made a commitment, your partners, your co-owners. You probably and- would delete that question about the sex life, though. It was a business partner. Yes, yes. So when would we like to go on our retreat together, Jay? (laughs) Um, We have one on the books. We have one on the books. And it's coming up in just a couple of weeks. So we're going to get out of the office and share business plans. I told you not to make me feel weird. Yeah, it's, you, you went there. You're the one who went there for the record. You knocked that lead domino down, Wendy. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that that, that's a very important business relationship. And um, you can keep all the right formality to it, but like you need to be on the same page with your business partners. I can't tell you how many times I've set down like my my coffee ritual, my networking habit, and I've heard of someone who had this great business, and I said, "Well, what happened to it?" Well, my partner and I kind of diverged, and we ended up. My partner wanted to be bought out, or I wanted to be bought out, but because they didn't plan for it, they weren't communicating. That's how they got to that place anyway. Usually, the business ends up dying. Like, it doesn't survive a divorce of the partners. So it is an important relationship, and you need to manage it with care. Yep. Mm-hmm. Final question. What's the one thing we can do to make sure we're prepared to attend the retreat in Austin? Well, I would say, yeah, I would say start thinking about what your goals are for yeah. 2019, whatever that looks like in whatever area of life. Down, download the document mm-hmm. and get out whatever your preferred you know, laptop or whatever and start answering the questions that matter to you. So that when you sit down with your partner, you've done some of the pre-work. I mean, you and I at this point, like if we have a business, like start thinking through your goals and your business plan. And that way, it is, I think, a mistake to show up and try to do all the work in the room. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. You end up having a lot of homework from the event. So yeah. we try to, now that we've learned, like we usually show up and say, hey, I know I'm going to need help with this business plan, so we need to budget more time with it. But I show, I show up with some of that work done. Yeah. Okay. And if there's something you want to get better at, just understand where where you're at already. So yeah. if you, you're like, I want to read a lot a lot more books, well, really try to figure out how many books you read the, the previous year, because that'll yeah. give you a baseline. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you have it, our monthly One Thing webinar series with Jane Wendy Papazan. Uh, three options for you in terms of how you now take this and implement this. First, if you visit theonething.com with the number one, click on free stuff, download the kick-ass guide to your couple's goal-setting retreat to identify some of the questions so you can do some of that pre-work. And if you want to have this process facilitated, you can either join us in Austin or you can go through the online course. Both options are on the training tab at theonething.com slash training. Thanks so much. This will come out on the One Thing podcast, which you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are available. And we look forward to being with you next month for our next webinar. Bye, guys. Thanks. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Jay and Wendy Papasan. The things that stand out for me, uh, it's a quote from Gary Keller, which is, you're never more than five years away from where you want to be. You heard that in the last episode with John Schumacher and Carol Stack. You're never more than five years away from where you want to be. If you're willing to do the right things and you've got the support from the people around you. Our question for you is, Who are those people, the handful of people that matter most when it comes to you achieving what you want to achieve? Who are those people that there's no way you could accomplish your goals if they don't have some level of insight into what you want so they can support you along the way? Do those people really know what you're striving for over the next 12 months, over the next five years? 
What would be possible if every single day you had them in your corner, rising you up and guiding you and supporting you while you took the actions towards your success? This is what's possible for you. The real question is, will you treat this like just some piece of content that goes in one ear and out the other? Or will you make a commitment to yourself to say, I am the type of person who puts this into action. I refuse to let this just be another idea. I'm going to take this and I'm going to do something about it. Whether that means downloading that kick-ass guide to your couple's goal-setting retreat, whether it means showing up in Austin to invest two days with Jay and myself, or whether that means you're getting the online course and we get to be there with you as a virtual coach anywhere in the world. What will you do? What action will you take? It all starts by going to theonething.com. That's with the number one in the URL. If you want the guide, click on free stuff. You'll see the kick-ass guide to your couple school setting retreat there. And if you want to learn about what this looks like to be facilitated at the highest level, click on the training page and you'll see the course there as well as our in-person live retreat. The final question we have for you is, who do you know who needs to hear this? Who are the people that really matter to you? That you want them to live an extraordinary life. You want them to have that opportunity. Would you be willing to share this with them so that they can listen to these ideas? They can share it with their significant other or their team or their business partner. So they can start having honest conversations about, are we really on the same page? And what can we do so that we are more aligned and have more insight into what each other wants so we can support each other along the way. Thank you so much for joining us. If you are not yet subscribed to this show, please go ahead and click that subscribe button because all future episodes will be automatically delivered to your device. And if this particular episode has helped you, please leave us a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. It helps us reach more people organically as well as it's just incredible social proof. And on top of that, all of your feedback comes directly to us. In fact, just today, I got a review from A. Harris who said, this podcast was recommended to me by my business coach. I reluctantly committed to listening to one podcast. I was, quote, too busy to fit anything else into my schedule. And the first episode blew me away. I think it was time blocking is life and death. I was in tears. It gave me the motivation to recommit to my purpose-driven schedule. And I've gotten more done using this information from this podcast than any other learning opportunity. Thank you so much for taking a chance and following what your coach shared with you. And to whoever that coach was, you're awesome. We appreciate you for being the type of person who shares these ideas. Who are the people that need to hear this? And would you be willing to share it with them? If so, it would mean the world to us and proof by this review, we know it can make an impact for them as well. Thank you so much for being with us and we look forward to being with you in the next episode.